The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Wayne Events, WayneEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope everyone is having a fantastic morning. Oh my God, Ben McKee, go ball 247. Thanksgiving is around the corner. Thanksgiving is around the corner, Ben McKee. What's up, man? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hey. I'm ready for some basketball today. I'm ready for some top-tier basketball today. This basketball team, my man, and I know you reported on, you know, Doc Connect, you know, having a little bit of a stomach problem during the game yesterday. Um, this basketball team was able to to battle through that and poor shooting. Those rims, those rims, whoo, man, really, really tight. And Tennessee, so powerful, so deep, so good. Jonathan, dude. Top of the most shots, hitting a double-double. Josiah Jordan-James hitting a double-double. Man, they told me Josiah was good. That's what they said. He's going to be one of the most important pieces to this basketball team. He's healthy. He is, I think, mentally in the best place he's ever been. That's basketball team, man. Like, you can... You can look at a team and go, yeah, man, they, they had a big win versus a really good opponent. They play well. But you can know a lot about a team when they don't play well. And shots are not falling. Sometimes that's going to happen. Shots are just not going to go in. There's different rims. Yeah, they all 10 feet, but, man, sometimes they're tighter than others. The depth of perception is different, different arenas. But you dig in, you find ways to win. This basketball team did that, Ben. Yes, it was a, a very impressive win for Tennessee yesterday. Uh, Syracuse, not not the vintage Syracuse basketball team that that we are used to, doesn't feature a guy like Carmelo Anthony or or anybody uh, like that. But it, it's still Syracuse basketball at, at the end of the day. And uh, Judah Mintz, he he is a problem offensively. Uh, he had scored over twenty in all three of Syracuse's games up until uh, yesterday. And uh, Tennessee was able to get him out, out of a rhythm, him getting in foul trouble. The first half helped with that also. 
uh, only had two points for for much of the game, and and then was able to get to the free free throw line a bunch there to 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 end the game and uh, get to 15 points. And, and I feel like that's a, a little misleading uh, for how well uh, Tennessee defended him. Jemai Meshack did a great job. Uh, Jonas Adu talked after the game about how important it was for him and the rest of the bigs to to get up into him on ball screens and and, and not allow him to get comfortable. Uh, so just a very impressive win, and there, there's a lot of nuances to, to be discussed about that game. I love what you said about Josiah Jordan-James. Uh, he's playing the best basketball of his career right now because he's the healthiest he's ever been. It, it, it's easy to shoot the basketball like you're capable of when your wrist or your thumb or, or your shoulder or, or your knees aren't bothering you. And, and you, have, you and I have been pretty blunt about it the, the last couple of years. If if you don't think Josiah Jordan James is is a good basketball player, then then you don't know basketball. I mean that that's the simplest way uh, to to say it. Uh, he he is terrific uh, and, and super efficient. Had the best plus minus on the team by far yesterday with a, with a plus twenty eight. He's just doing so many things well, and uh, I, I think the additions of Dalton Connect and Jordan Ganey have allowed him on top of being healthy to be as efficient as he is being because he doesn't have to be that number one, number two scoring option on this team. That That's not Josiah's game. He, he should not be the number one or number two scoring option on any offense, but if he can be number three or number four, and maybe once Sakai gets back clicking, maybe he's number five in addition to Santi. Um, but when Josiah can, can be kind of that secondary offensive player for Tennessee and, and just play a role on offense and then do all the great things he does elsewhere, that that's when he's at his best and, and that's what you're seeing right now. But um, the the best thing I thought Tennessee did yesterday or, or the, the best thing that we learned about Tennessee yesterday was that they can find offense when it matters most without Dalton Connect on the floor. As you mentioned, he missed a good chunk of uh, the second half uh, due to cramps, cramps. Not crap, oh, well, your, not... your tweet said cramps. <laughs> yeah, I know. I you forgot I, the M, bro. That, Where's the M? I, I I know that that that's what happens when a basketball game is in Hawaii, a long ways away, and in the middle of an afternoon, and you're watching it from your living room, and you have a 16 month old crawling all over you constantly, and, and just making ridiculous noises constantly. And and not leaving you alone. That's foul. And uh, that's foul. Bro. I I, I I was in a hostile environment in my own living room trying to to work, and and that was that was a pre snap penalty on me. He he got my my little one got the best of me on that one. I I accidentally tweeted for those who for those who did not see or are not on Twitter. I I accidentally tweeted um, that Dalton Connect was dealing with craps instead of cramps. Yeah, you, because I forgot the M. And now you're blaming the only kid. Instead of taking uh, responsibility, which is even more I, at the end of the day, it's my fault. I've got to be better. I, I've got to be able to work through the noise, through the environment better. I, I need to handle the adversity better th- than I did. Uh, so I, 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 you're right. I, I don't need to deflect. I need, I need to look at myself in the mirror, and, oh. and I need to get one percent better today. No, that, that, no, that, no. that's all that matters. I, I need to be one percent better today when Tennessee plays Purdue. But uh, with Dalton Connect on the bench. For eight minutes there, from the ten-minute mark to the two-minute mark of the second half, Tennessee was able to find offense and and really get going a, a bunch of different ways. And and I thought that was the best thing that we learned about Tennessee yesterday is that without Dalton Connect, who carried them in the first half, scoring fifteen of 
Tennessee's 30 points. They they got the job done offensively in, in multiple ways. Uh, they were able to create offense in multiple ways there without Dalton Connect with him on the bench, and, and I thought that was the best thing to come uh, from yesterday's game. Well, Ben, you know, it's about that time. It's that time of the year. It's a little cold. Black Friday's around around the corner. Time to start making holiday plans. People are traveling to see loved ones. Christmas is around the corner, but it ain't on the same street we on right now. It's around the corner. It's about Thanksgiving. It's about giving thanks. Counting your blessings. 100%, man. 100%. But a Swain event tradition, the way we count blessings over here on Thanksgiving, we turn up. That's what we do. That's what we do. Greens, potatoes, hey. tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbits. You name it! Look! I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbits. You name it! Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbits. Greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, greens, potatoes, beans, 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 greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkey, all right, yeah, we gotta have it. You name it, all right, Ben McKee. What you got on the smoker? I know you got something already brewing over there. Nothing right now. Nothing right now, but we're going to Too do early? A little too early? Yeah, it's too early, man. It's too early. It's Tuesday. It's some, pre, Look, it's some man, pre-work you, you, you do a couple days before. Like, you, know, you cook the you cook the sweet potatoes. You might cook the collard greens. You do the cornbread. But but the, but the, but the, but the turkey and the ham, I got to smoke that on the day of, man. I need that thing to be fresh off, off the smoker, Ben. Um, might do a brisket um, tomorrow. A little, little BBQ. That's a... Thanksgiving tradition, a little BBQ before uh, Thursday's meal, something different. So, yeah, man. I'll be sure to swing by. Hey, you're always welcome. Always welcome. Um, Do we have to? <laughs> we're going to take a break first. <laughs> <laughs> look, man, that, look, we we can still talk Jonas Adu. We we can talk about JT Estrella JP Estrella's first half minutes that 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 were huge. Well, we can still talk Dalton Connect. I mean the the nifty layups that that, that he was getting to go down. We we can talk about Jordan Ganey punching one. We, we we can talk about how great Santi is off the basketball. His shots not falling, but he's still doing so much good things for this basketball team look it's number two purdue versus number seven tennessee tonight at 8 p.m eastern on espn a final four-esque matchup the number one offense versus number one defense in the country according to kim pom we don't we don't have to torture ourselves this morning swing i'm dude i'm totally fine with that i'm gonna leave it up to the text box 
I'm I'm kidding, obviously. No, 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 I, no. I know, I know why we're here. You're not, you're not kidding. I mean, Tennessee basketball is, is playing a top five opponent. Um, Tennessee basketball is good, so like, I'm gonna leave it up to the text box, free swing event app, the Beta Chevrolet text box. Are we going 60-40 football basketball? Are we going 70-30? 65-35-80-20? Like, where are we going today, guys? I got notes. I'm prepared, prepared to go either way. Basketball, football, it don't matter to me. Y'all know basketball my first love anyway, so... I'm good talk basketball all day, every day. Y'all saw the game on Saturday, right? Hope no one was like expecting anything. If, like if you, if you if you more mad this week than you were two weeks ago, then you, you, you might want to check yourself. Okay, you the might have had some weird expectations. That existed. Huh? Yeah, the same red fl- the same red flags that existed after the Missouri game still exist after the Georgia game. No, no, nothing really changed in that department. Yeah. So, we're we going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to check out the Betty, Chev- Betty Chevrolet text box. And then we're going from there. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Swain event hotline. I'm here in the low T Center studio. Don't go anywhere. It's Ben McKee, Go Balls 247. Be right back. You're listening to The Swain Event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready... Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. 
Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Swain Event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in America. Betty Chevrolet text box. We will get to that. Love to hear what you have to say, your thoughts and comments, questions. But first, let's get to the phone. 865-255-03. See who we have with us today. Good morning. Hey, what's going on, Swain? What is up, man? Um, I was just going to tell you, um, I was watching the locker room the other night, and uh, I was hearing you speak about leadership. And, you know, I agree on that. Um you know, a lot of you former players had such different mentalities, and uh, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like that. It's like it used to be. If that makes sense. Um. And uh, I don't understand why. Who, who are we speaking with first? This is Andy. Hey, what's up, Andy? Hey, not much. Um. But yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Um, it's not like it not. It's not like it used to be. I mean, uh, the game evolves. The game changes. Um, you know, the main thing can sometimes be different for different people, and and so uh, college football looks different. There's no doubt about that, Andy. Absolutely. Um, you know, you were talking about the NIL. Um, you know how um, a lot of y'all, you know, wasn't, you know, always, you know, some of you was wealthy, some of you wasn't. You know, some kids come from, you know, different backgrounds and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, is true as well. Um, you know, now, I mean, they pretty much, they live like a, a rich lifestyle pretty much. Um, They, they think. They think it is. That's that's the thing that I didn't have enough chance, enough time on, on the locker room to to say. I mean, it's thirty minutes is five people involved in the show. Um, right. It's, it's really hard to really go into detail there, and um, I mean, sometimes it can be even hard to go into detail uh, on Joshua Swain uh, too. But um, we got time, and uh, I don't want to take away from from Ben's opportunity. Uh, to to share what's on his mind and stuff today, but like, um, it's a whole thing. I got a whole uh, bunch of things to, to share about how I feel about what's different. I'm not faulting players one bit for capitalizing on their name, their image, and their likeness. I think they should get their back as much as possible. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all, man. I'm a ultimate capitalist. I mean, get an opportunity, make as much as you can. But you can't let that affect the grind, the struggle, the focus. You can't make it about you. Um, when and, and Andy, man, thanks so much for the phone call. It's good to hear from you, but I hope you're doing all right. 
Um, yeah, go evolve. That's right. So when you when you have these when you have these 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 goals that you set for yourself, when you have these goals you set for yourself. Um, you make them middle school, high school. You write down your reasons why. And a lot of guys make it about their families, right? Man, I want to I wanna go to the league because I want to buy my mama a house. I want to take care of my family. I don't want my mom to work anymore. I don't want my grandma to work anymore. And that's what you think about when things get a little tough. It's what you think about when you get hurt, when you lose, when you get your job taken, or you don't have a good practice. You don't have a good game. What keeps you coming back? What makes you want to get better and keep playing? You start thinking about people other than yourself. Because if the reason why is big enough, the how doesn't matter. If your reason why is not big enough, it's easy to quit. It's easy not to go hard. It's easy to accept whatever outcome that's given to you rather than going and getting the outcome that you desire because you want it just that bad. I played with guys that it was football. It was nothing else. They was broke, busted, disgusted. If you read Inky Johnson's book, his first time sleeping in his own bed was on his official visit at Tennessee. He ain't the only guy that experienced that. Other dudes that experienced that. And so, if you got a little bit of bread, it was because of Pell Grant. It might have been illegal. Um, but it sure wasn't enough to make you feel comfortable. Well, now, guys, you get a big-time five-figure deal or a six-figure deal, do you do you forget that reason why? Do you lose sight of it because you got a little bit of money, more money than you've ever had before, more money than your parents have ever had before? So what you define and what Andy just defined as rich is really not rich. It ain't, it ain't no real money. It's enough money for you if you don't have any kids. If you already get a stipend for your lodging, you already get food taken care of, like, yeah, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot of money then because you don't have any bills, really. But wait till real life happens. It ain't a lot of money because money start leave, start, starts to leave you because you have responsibilities. When you are starving, like a lot of guys were pre-NIL, your grind is different. Your mentality is different. You're not really burning the ships. You're not really burning the ships. You're like, hey, man, if it don't work, I got some. I got money. Like I, I, I'm, I got money. Like I got money in my pocket. Why do I have to go as hard? Why does being a leader matter that much? Why does playing 
a little bit hurt matters that much. You got a little bit of money in your pocket. I just think the NIL has has affected college football. I'm not one that's going to sit here and say it's the worst thing ever. We are here at this very moment because so many people kicked the ball down the road in power. Coaches, they didn't decline get more money, bigger contracts. Administrators didn't decline get more money, bigger contracts. Folks at the NCAA didn't decline get more money and more contracts. They had an opportunity to fix this a long time ago or address it a long time ago, but we here, and I'm happy for the players. My only thing is, I don't care what color of jersey you're wearing, don't let a few dollars, a little five-figure, six-figure deal, change your grind because you're making it about you when you do that. Because, man, let's say, the player gets a $100,000 NIL deal. That's not enough for your for your family and you. Like you, it, like you think it, it is. It can help a lot. Yeah. But. but the goal you're trying to reach, what you're trying to do, that's at the NFL. You still got to get there, man. Like if you're trying to take care of your people, the same people that helped you get to where you are, you're not taking care of everybody off an NIL deal. You might be able to take care of more people if you're a quarterback. If you, you know, B. John Robinson, you Eric Berry or somebody. But, like, you, you ain't taking care of everybody. Mama's still working. You're not buying a house with Mama off an NIL deal in college. No, you're, you're, you're helping. I, I, I hear often about players helping their parents travel to games and, you know, cover – all, all of those costs, hotels and whether it be a plane ticket or but or not a bus, but car, so gas, yeah. uh, things along those lines, you're able to to take care of, of your family. And, and look, man, with with football and, and especially basketball and baseball, where, where they play so many more road games like that, that is a huge, huge help because those costs can can add up real quick. Uh, to to travel to to watch your your son or daughter play, so uh, it, it it certainly helps. But you're right, it, it it's not family changing, generational type of wealth that nil is is producing. I I think of the names that that have been able to profit the most so far, like a Bryce Young and uh, a DJ Ui Ungalale with Dr Pepper. Uh, last year when he was at Clemson and, and and had some other stuff like that that they're they're making seven figures uh, and heck Tennessee has a quarterback right now it's reported documented that that he's making seven figures as well and 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 that is life changing money to a certain extent but these guys are so high profile and, and and so talented that they can go to the next level and make generational wealth and, and truly change the outlook of of their family, not just their immediate family with their parents and maybe a brother or sister or, or multiple siblings, but to where like you can help future generations w- within your family. But you can't get to that next level and make that generational wealth if you don't do what you're saying, Swain, and, and not get complacent. 
and, and not get comfortable. Okay, I got one bag. This bag is nice. And, and let me start slacking off of my grind because the moment you start doing that, you're not going to make it to the next level because there's somebody out there like a Byron Young who is coming up from nothing, who had to work at Dollar General to, to get to JUCO and, and had to work out for JUCO and didn't have many offers coming out of JUCO, got one to Tennessee. There is a Byron Young who is grinding his rear end off to 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 truly, truly make it and to be able to provide for his family and when when you get complacent, when you get comfortable, guys like that are going to blow past you, just completely blow past you. And look at Byron Young now. He's well on his way to to earning a, a fat paycheck at the next level in the league. Not not a Miles Garrett type of paycheck, but Byron Young's going to make a lot of money for a long time in the National Football League. Uh, and, and to me, it's because of his grind and, and his roots. You, you can't allow in the grand scheme of things, one little NIL bag to, 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 to get you at your, your thought process and, and just completely ruin your work ethic. Because the moment you do that, you're not, you're not going to have success at this level when you start to slack off and you're certainly not going to get to the next level. Yeah. I'm not speaking about anyone specifically here. Um, you know, just, just overall impact that NIL can, can, can have, but like the perception of, of what's a lot of money, I think changes as you get older. And your perception of, of money, uh, I think, is directly correlated to, like, your upbringing. Like, if you didn't have much growing up, man, getting $25,000 or $50,000 or 100 man, you, you feel rich. Like, you really do. And it may cause you to feel like, oh, man, I'm, 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 I'm good now. No, man, that, that ain't good enough. You, that's, not, that's not money. That's not real money. Like that's get by money, but that's not real money. If what you want to do, taking care of the people that you want to take care of, that's on the other side, man. That's past college. So I think that's what the, the NIL has done to college football. But when the game is played, like, hey man, it's eleven on eleven, and you can't beat college football. Period. That's what hasn't changed all that much is when, when the game is played. Uh, but guys, I think guys decided to play hurt more. Um, but yeah, thanks for the phone call. Andy. I didn't mean to get off on a tangent. Um, let me go to the text box. Let me get, let me get a little feedback. Let me check the temperature this morning. Uh, Brian Hunsaker, it's a Swain event, not Slay event. Got to talk football. Clay said, bring us basketball. Football team makes me sad. Bulldog Brian it says, I'll take it y'all moving on to basketball after the game this weekend. You know what? Just because Bulldog Brian said that, I'm not going to. You know who does that? That's what Kentucky, Kentucky. That's what they do. I'm not doing that. You about to run me off our sport. This is a damn football school. It's Everyone knows school that. Swing. Huh? It's an everything school swing. Ben, it's a football school. Tennessee's administration would disagree with you publicly. No, they well, yeah, publicly, yeah, they would. Probably. <laughs> well, I I, I was referencing all you you know they're in love with with uh sharing on social media all of the the everything school 
uh, graphics and and tweets and and stats. That, that's what I was referencing. That refers to the results as far as winning. Like we I winning know. everything. That doesn't that doesn't speak to the uh, resources that are allocated. I'm aware. <laughs> like yeah, I ain't see Dolly Parton singing in no damn uh, baseball game or well, basketball I did, game. I did. Huh? I didn't. I didn't see her singing inside Dealing Stadium. She sang a couple words. It wasn't her fault. Y'all gotta fix the audio for the Queen. Are are, are we buying that? Yes, she said I, it. Okay. Here, it. Here's my here's my thing though. You don't see Peyton showing up with Dolly. No other, other uh, no other game. I'm just saying. Here, here here's 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 my question. Everybody stopped. Even Georgia players stopped. The whole stadium stopped to watch Dolly. How do you not know the words to Rocky Top though? Ben, don't. She knows the words. It's Rocky Top. The audio. She has to be able to hear the audio in her ear, to be in sync with the band who was playing Rocky Top. Because she, could, she was standing in front of the band. She couldn't hear it. But she has she has a, a earpiece. That's why performers have an earpiece to be able to hear the song in their ear, so they can be on track with the song and seeing the lyrics at the right time. She didn't hear that, which is why she just said a few words like Rocky Top and because she knows where that goes inside of a song. So that's why it sounded the way that it sounded. But her outfit was fire. And Peyton was there. And that's all that matters. My point is, stop trying to make jokes. You know, it was nice to see Dolly Parton in person. Know, I believe that's the first time I've ever seen her in person. It's king. You know football's king. Everybody knows that. But that being said, I was surprised about the outcome, guys. Um, didn't think Tennessee was going to win. Both tackles didn't play. You've had injuries all over the place. You were lucky and fortunate last year to not have injuries. Uh, you've had a little bit of... Um, Bad luck with injuries this year. It happens. And um, what Saturday showed me was that we got some work to do. Last year felt felt like we were a lot closer to Bama and Georgia because you beat Bama. Um, And you didn't lose to Georgia the way you lost to them this year. Uh, Last year, I think, tricked a lot of people about where we are as a program. You had a special, special year with a special quarterback leading and everything worked at the right time. You had some NFL players, Byron Young and Jalen Hyatt and Tillman and Darnell Wright that hit their peak at the right time in their careers. Um, Some things worked in your favor and people thought that we were just back. Back, back, like back as in I'm expecting 10 wins every season now moving forward. No. No, 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 no. We we normally see a coach take over a program that has a lot of turnover. There's a process. There's levels. You don't go from the bottom of the steps to the fifth step. There's steps that are taken, but Tennessee in year number two skips some steps. 
from a win-loss record standpoint. And I think people suggested that we were going to stay at that level. <laughs> That's why I was like, hey, man, this 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 might be a 9-3 season, guys, at best. Some of y'all that talked to me privately, I was trying to calm y'all down. Because I know how big it is when you lose a player like Henry Hooker. I remember when Darryl Barnett was gone. Folks was like, oh, yeah, we're going to have these – we still going to have these number of sacks? We still going to be able to rush the passer the same way? Huh? You don't lose players like that and expect to do the same things that they did? That don't make any sense. That's why they're great players. Like Michael Jordan retired from the Bulls. You can see the Bulls going, hey, man, we still expect to see a 30-point game score. You know, we can replace them. <laughs> no, you don't replace great players. You feel their absence in Tennessee certainly has felt the absence of the really good players that we had um, last year that made last year season so special. That's special moments, Ben. Special moments, man. Like, think about starting the season off. We went to Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh wasn't a good team. But Pittsburgh was the program that Johnny Majors coached at. It was the Majors Classic. It was revenge. You got that. And then you played against Florida at home. That was a special moment. Then you went on the road and beat an LSU team that was coached by Brian Kelly, one of the best coaches in college football, and you dominated them. Dude, there were so many cool moments, so many great moments. Man, um, we'll have a lot this year. Your biggest win is against Texas A&M, who's terrible, who fired their coach. That's the best win this year. You had an opportunity to get a signature win. Tennessee won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess, against South Carolina, right? Uh, Tennessee had an opportunity to get a, a ranked win against Missouri. We know what happened. Tennessee hosted number one team in the country. Um, we know what happened. So you're not going to get a signature win unless you get it in the bowl game, okay? Um, but that's just how it is. That doesn't mean that you got to start firing the the head coach, firing the defense coordinator, firing the offense coordinator. Some of y'all still ain't realized that Josh Heupel calls plays and is the offense coordinator um, when it comes to calling plays, but Joey Hosley has a title. And as Joey Hosley continues to, to grow into the offense coordinator role as far as calling plays, when he's ready, then he'll do that. But right now, Josh Heupel calls the plays. So stop blaming Joey Hosley for the play calls. That's like Bama fans getting pissed off at the defense coordinator every year. And the, and the head coach is a defensive-minded guy. Like, guys, Tim, he's he's the, he's, he's the coordinator. He's, he's the head coach, okay? So we can, we can be upset. We can identify what's wrong and what needs to happen without trying to fire everybody. Being like, we, we can do that. Um, I think I got a phone call. Let's see here. Who we got? Who we got there? Good morning. Good morning, y'all. It's Rusty. Hey, what's up, Rusty? Hey, you need to wake up, man. You, you, you sound <laughs> you sound rusty. You gotta you gotta wake up. I rusty. am, man. All right. I've already had the, I've already had my cup of coffee, but I'm you know I'm not all the way there yet. Okay, you need to sound. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's five forty one a.m. where Rusty is. That's correct. You need to hit one I've of been these. Up for <clears throat> <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet. You know, I don't want to wake up the girls. Man, forget them. They need to wake up. 
right? Yeah. Fuck of all. Make some damn, make some damn breakfast. That's right. I'm starving. I'm starving in here. All right, now. No, um, want to talk a little basketball, but just wanted to hit on with something real quick about the football situation and my concerns next year going forward yeah. under this staff, et cetera. Yeah. Um, don't know well, Wes Rucker, who I know is your guy, and uh, Gerard Parrish and I were uh, tweeting with each other about um, Wes started off with the fact that Mizzou was used a completely, completely different than they'd used all year when they played us. Something they'd never done. It. They played nothing but too high. And Gerard was like, yeah, Wes, that's what every team's done this year. There is no team playing single high man again. And then I came in. I was like, thank God somebody said it. I've been screaming it since week three. We're not seeing single high and getting switch routes and somebody running wide open all the time anymore. Um, teams have, have, have made an adjustment to Hypel. Um, will Heupel next year, my concern is will Heupel next year have a curveball as opposed to his 98 mile per hour fastball to beat you different ways if you're saying no more using all your scheme stuff to get guys wide open running free in the secondary because we're just going to back off you and, and not let you do those type of stuff anymore. And I think that's been a, a huge problem. Uh, Gerard even went as far as to say, I'm not sure Hendon Hooker would have had the same success last year with Hyatt if teams would have defended us that way. We would have still been really, really good, but they could have slowed us down a lot more if they would have figured out the best way is to, you know, not give single coverage to Tennessee, which, you know, that makes sense. Be okay with Tennessee running for six yards a, a, a carry. Will Heupel change it up? And you're right. It's Heupel. It's not Halsey. This is Heupel's offense. Heupel's one calling the plays. Anybody thinks otherwise is out there. And then on defense, can, can we just in the offseason – do some self scouting and figure out how to be better on third downs. I mean, it's 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 embarrassing. Brady Brady Cook still hasn't been tackled on a third and long. Um, he basically just runs the first down sticks and slides. Um, it's embarrassing. Um, so that's my football take. Can, can we improve in those two areas? Can can Hypo figure out the change up curveball, whatever you want to call it, and can can we get better on third third and six plus? Yeah, eleven for seventeen against uh, Missouri on third down. That that's that's not gonna fly. Um, yeah. Then yeah. Against Georgia. Uh, eleven of fourteen. What'd you say? Eleven of fourteen, I think. Uh, nine for thirteen. Nine for thirteen. Okay. Goodness gracious. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not that's not pretty that's not pretty at all. But. Um, the scout report was set early in the season. I mean, against Virginia, y'all like Virginia played us how everybody else played us because they said, "All right, can you throw with time and anticipation? Can you throw accurate? Um, can you be can you be patient and throw underneath?" Yeah, and, and not just take deep shots. Yeah, and, and the moment that Florida played us, man, we hit squirrel on the switch route, and and Florida got squirrel, out of that. Squirrel, squirrels touchdown against Alabama. Yeah, single yeah. high, single high man. They didn't play it the rest of the day. The, the gash play to start the game against Georgia the other day. They yeah. came out in single high, and we, we gashed them. The rest of the day, they were in two. Well, I think I think the the, the play calling, I think the 
imagination. I think uh, the options will be better uh, as the quarterback play improves, gets better. Um, so that's part of it. And I think protection is part of it. The running game, I think, has a chance to be strong again next year. Will it be as good as it is this year? I, I, I doubt it. But, like, hopefully you have more balance and more explosive plays in the passing game. Uh, but, Rusty, I'm glad you brought this up. Because I wasn't caught up in the what happened in the Georgia game, falling victim to the Nico Joe talk. Like that's that's so low hanging fruit. It's sim- it's simple. It, it, it really is. Like the, some people, yeah. some people call each other simps and say that's simp. Ain't that what people do? It's it's a, it's simpleton stuff for me because uh, yes. it's bigger than that. Like. Mm-hmm. I look at where we are right now, and I think I probably wrote down five or six pages of notes <laughs> yesterday of kind of where we are with our recruiting class and how we got to where we are right now and what we need to do to be where we want to be. Now, if you want to only win you know, 10 games in the regular season, which hey, I ain't complaining about that. Cause it's not like we've done no, that's, it a lot. That's gonna get us. That's gonna get us in the playoffs most years. Yeah, so yeah. I'll be all right. One hundred percent. Like especially moving forward. Yeah. Like I'm. Yeah. I'm Ten nine games may get you in the playoffs. I ain't. I ain't. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. As long as we're yeah. in the playoffs, I have a chance think, to go win championship. It, it's crazy, but I think if, if this year we had the twelve team, I think Ole Miss and Missouri both would make it this year, which yeah. makes me nauseous to say. But mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So like, understand. A season like last year, you're in the playoffs every single year. You have a chance to go win. Yeah. And yeah. If, if 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 we stub our toe for about four or five years in the second round and it feels like you're not getting better, right. then all right, then you can complain. But like we we far away from that, Rusty. Really far. No, away we're from not, that. no. But what but what what happened this year and what do we need to do to get better? All right, that's that's the biggest question, right? All right, 2021 class, Rusty. Mm. There are <laughs> seven dudes on this team for the 2021 class. Deshaun Rucker's not playing. Christian Charles not playing. Jalen Wright is one of your best players. Jeremiah Crawford, who has been a tweener starter for two years, okay? Brand Turnage, Kamal Haddon, who's out for the year right now, and uh, Joe Milton. That's that's seven. So seven enrollees, you got ten transfers, it's twenty-seven. That's seven out of twenty-seven off the twenty-one class, that's twenty-six percent. Now Josh Hyper was hired the twenty-seventh day of January. Signing day for the twenty-one class was the third of February. Can't even count Hypel's first recruiting class. No, it doesn't count. I mean, it, it, doesn't it just count. don't count. Nope. So then Hypel needed to go out and you know, get some dudes that he can win with. But first, he had to prove to recruits that we were on an up, upward trajectory. You had some players already in place, some transfers already in place, like Vegas Jones and others. Um, and so the next recruiting class, 23 enrollees, eight transfers for a total of 31. 
you knew how important it was to get guys in early. Remember the 2014 class Butch Jones had, where a lot of those guys were early enrollees. And that 15 year where they were true sophomores, they were really like juniors because they had an extra semester of work. Um, And so that was the game plan for 2022 class. So 13 guys. Barnett Barnett heard, Malone, that group. Yeah, Malone's definitely in that group. In the 14. Heard and uh, TK, all those guys. Yeah. Um, 13 early enrollees in the 2022 class includes Addison Nichols, Caleb Welp, Tyree West, Jordan Phillips, who's at Maryland, Elijah Heron, Squirrel White, Justin Williams Thomas, who's at Kyle and was never a a fit, D. Williams, Chaz Nimrod, Cam Miller, who's not here anymore, Mo Clipper, um, Brian Grant, uh, Taven Jackson, who's at Indiana. And so this is technically your first recruiting class if you're you're Josh Heupel. Um, Part of that class are guys that were not early enrollees, but they have a chance to be some of your team's biggest leaders in the in the future. And I think that's very, very, very important here to discuss, Rusty. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it going. And uh um, no, you're right. Stay 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 you're here. Right. Don't don't go anywhere. Uh don't don't turn the channel. Stay here. And we're gonna let you go. And and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this topic because I know that's what what you want to hear. And so we got you, Rusty. So appreciate you. The phone call, my man. All right. And, uh, Wait, man. Thank you, man. I look forward to hearing it from you soon. Okay. So, 2022 class, guys who are not early enrollees, you got James Pierce Jr., who I think we can all agree that he's a next-level player. Uh, you got Joshua Joseph, next-level player. not early, Wasn't an early enrollee. You have Dylan Sampson, who this time next year might be the team a team captain, honestly. He has that type of potential. Um who else here has the opportunity to make some noise? That's about it. From what I've what I've seen so far. So that's your first class. And now your 23 class are freshmen. David Hobbs, you got Nathan Leacock, Laycock, you got Nico, you got Ethan Davis, you got Caleb Heron, you got Shadavion Bradley, who's like the biggest, biggest cheerleader on, uh, biggest hype man cheerleader we got. I love his energy. He's going to be a good player for us as long as he continue to gain weight. You got Arion Carter. You got all these dudes, man. Really talented guys. I think 2023 class better than 22 class. But, Ben, they're freshmen. They're freshmen. So, the 2020 class, those are our seniors, okay? Which 39% of them are still here. That's Amar Thomas, Tyler Barron, Bryson Eason, Cooper Mays, Dominic Bailey, Javante Spragans, Danico Slaughter, Jabari Small, Tamarion McDonald. Listen, folks. 
We don't have the roster to beat or expect, from a fan perspective, to expect to beat Alabama and Georgia and Florida every year. Okay? The talent is not where it needs to be. Like, you hear conversations all the time, man, we should have lost that game with our talent. Hmm? We don't have enough. We had some special dudes last year that covered up a whole lot of stuff. Like Josh Dobbs covered up a whole lot of stuff when he was here. But him didn't cover up a lot of stuff, too, a lot of holes that we had. And we don't have that type of a player that can cover up some of the holes. Um, so you're lacking leadership, you're lacking depth, and you've had injuries. That's that's what happened this year. So what needs to happen moving forward? What needs to happen is the players have to take accountability. And this offseason, they got to look in the mirror and decide, do they want to be cool? Do you want to be boys, friends, or do you want to win? And if you want to win and do what it takes to win, some guys will have to get out of the comfort zone and be some damn leaders. Don't care if you're soft-spoken, change. If you want this result bad enough, you'll do what it takes and be who you need to be to reach that result. Simple as that. All right, that's what the players need to do. Get better, train, gain some weight, get stronger, all that good stuff. But the coaches, you know what they need to do? Ben, you know what they need to do. I don't think I need to. To say it, I think you can tell the world what the coaches need to do. And if you want me to, to say it, because you know, don't know what word I'm looking for, what I'm looking for, I'll be glad to. Well, I, I know you're going the recruiting route. They, you they, damn they right, to, man. Well, I, I, I said it like that because I, I also <laughs> think there there maybe needs to be some some self-scouting in, in terms of, of what they're doing philosophically as well. Uh, but they, they they need to they need to recruit more players <laughs> uh, that that are on par with with the twenty twenty three recruiting class that that you just referenced. They they need more dudes. They they need more dudes. It, it is that simple. But I also think there's there's some self scouting that that needs to be done. And uh, they they th- this is a different topic, so I won't go too deep into it, Swain. But uh, the the developmental aspect of this offseason is just absolutely huge. Uh, offensive line probably at, at the top of the list in terms of transfer portal uh, needs. And, and I say probably because the, the offensive line is in a weird spot of, like technically, John Campbell, Gerald Mincy, Spragans, Cooper, th- those guys can technically all come back. And, and and it's not completely unthinkable that that they do probably not all four of them, but they're, they're, it, it, it's thinkable that a good chunk of those guys come back. And, and if that's true, then I don't know that you have to hit the portal as hard as yes, you, do. Y- you maybe think, because when when that five has been healthy this year, yes, you do. the offensive line has been pretty solid. Yes, you do. Hit, hit that portal hard, man. Hit that portal hard. Yeah. I and he, and th- this was the other thing that I was going to bring up and, and what plays into to me saying what I just said. It's not easy to recruit offensive linemen through the 
through the transfer portal. I agree. Because of two things. A, good offensive linemen are hard to find. B, when those good offensive linemen do find themselves in the portal, everybody in America wants those offensive linemen. Everybody in America needs offensive line help. So it's really, really difficult to rebuild, reshape an offensive line through the transfer portal, which is why I made the comment and have the belief that they're do- like the majority of your offensive line work in terms of constructing your roster this offseason has to be from within because you're not going to completely reshape the offensive line through the portal. You need a couple of those veterans to come back, and you also need to develop some of those young offensive linemen, which is why I said that the developmental aspect, I think, is just as huge as adding dudes this offseason. I agree with that when you explain it that way. The reason why we should hit the portal hard is we need not only more talent, but we need more guys that can lead. And we need more competition. We don't need dudes playing because you can't replace them because you don't have anybody else that's better. No. Rick Barnes has the luxury right now, Ben McKee, to say, if you are not going to play the way I want you to play, I'm sitting your butt on the bench. Why? Because I can, because I got somebody else that's just as good, if not better, that will take your spot. The biggest motivator is the bench. And sometimes in a rebuild, coaches are playing players. They don't want to play, but they have to play because they don't have anybody to replace them with. Either you do what we tell you to do, or you don't play. And the reason why I can have that stance, because I got more dudes behind you that can play. That's why. That's why I say hit that portal hard. And, yes, it is difficult because everybody's recruiting players from the portal. Just like, honestly, everybody's recruiting the same players that you're recruiting out of high school. Honestly, the, the good programs. Yeah, they they need to hit the portal hard. There There is no doubt about that. I just don't you, – you can't bank on that being the solution it is my only point that I'm adding to, to, to what you're saying because – like you, you've had uh, your Tyler Booker's, I believe, the the Vanderbilt transfer that went to Alabama. Like he, he was an elite offensive lineman in the portal, but elite offensive linemen in the portal have been few and far between. And you're going to go up against a team like Alabama to try and land that player, and that that's difficult to overcome Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, somebody like that in the portal for an elite offensive lineman. Which, to me, in my opinion. The, the the best offensive lineman, more likely than not, that you're going to get in the portal is like a John Campbell Jr. or a Gerald Mincy. Like, to me, that that's almost the ceiling in the portal through the offensive line. Uh, unless you go get a, a, a real young guy who just finished his first season of, of college football and m- maybe you can develop him. But Tennessee's also not in a position to, to bring in a one-year college football player who has not played yet and needs to develop because they, they need portal help, somebody that can help right away. Uh, so that that's why I say, like, yes, you a- absolutely scour through the portal. Every offensive lineman that enters the portal, you, you do your due diligence on them, absolutely. But you just can't bank on that because it, it, it is really, really, really difficult for, for you to reshape an offensive line through the portal because of all all of those factors and and it's 
just as important that you develop your young guys that 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 you have brought in the the last couple of years, and hopefully, I think pair them with with some of those veterans that that may come back. It's part of the equation is not the entire equation. It's part of the answer is not the entire answer. Just like getting high school players is not the entire answer either, because they're they're going to be young, and they'll be physically underdeveloped. The thing about getting guys from the portal is that they've had a couple of years in the weight room. So from a strength standpoint, they can they can hold up. Talent wise, they may not be as good as a high school player. So like you gotta do both. That's the that's the point. You have to do both. Okay? You gotta do both. And you gotta do both better than what we've done the first two years. Now players have responsibility this offseason. They gotta get better. They gotta get mentally tougher. They gotta develop leadership. You gotta be you gotta some guys that may have option of coming back, I'm telling you right now, don't come back if you ain't trying to be better. If you ain't trying to be a better leader, like if you are at a level five, don't come back if you're trying to stay the same. Don't come back. You yeah. got to be a better leader. I, like, I'm I'm with you there. And in, in regards to, to the offensive line, I I would prefer that three of the, the four – of those veterans come back. I don't know. I know what you're saying. I, I prefer it too, but I'm, I'm I'm speaking on the importance of leadership. What I'm tired of seeing yes. is during adversity, people just looking. They're just looking around. There's no accountability. There's 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 no leadership from guys that's been here four years. Okay. That's 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 why you lost to Missouri. That's why you could not answer against Florida, the meltdowns, the lulls, the incomplete halves, incomplete quarters, because you got to have guys who step up and lead. Like everyone is pointing a finger at Joe Milton. If you just replace Joe, everything will be all right. If you just replace Tim Banks, everything will be all right. If you just replace the offense coordinator, Simpletons, Hypo's offense coordinator. He's calling the plays. But I'm telling you, from experience, what I see needs to improve, and that is leadership, personal accountability, toughness, physical and mental, on top of talent acquisitions. All of it has to happen for us to be consistently where we were last year. Consistently, that's the word. Consistently where we were last year, these things have to happen. Now, we mentioned the players. Players got to get better. Players got to become better leaders. Um, we, we, we got a group of coaches that, got to be better in recruiting i mean it's as simple as that not saying that they're bad not saying we don't understand the circumstances and you really can't disagree with me saying gotta be better like no one can disagree with that like you can try to get in your feelings you can oh i can't believe you said that or why would it you got to get better the reason why you gotta get better is because 
you're behind. You're, you're behind because you took over a program that had almost 30 guys leave the program because of what happened with Jeremy Pruitt. So you inherited a program that's already behind the eight ball in terms of bodies and talent. So you can't move at the same speed as your competitors and catch up. <laughs> like, you can't do it. You you will never catch up if you go the same speed limit as someone who's already in front of you. You have to go faster. You have to be better to catch up. So that's what we have to do. We got to be better. We got to be better. Simple as that. And we'll touch more on that on the other side. Because it can't all be on NIL. Oh, well, NIL take care of it. No, nah, man, you gotta you gotta recruit. You gotta, you gotta you gotta recruit. NIL doesn't take the place of recruiting. Period. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three is our telephone number. Ben McKee, Go Vols two four seven. Jason Swain, be right back. You're listening to the Swain event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- Two five seven seven eight nine seven, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top of barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Go Balls 247, I'm Jason Swain. And uh, Ben, let's, let's get to the phones this morning. And then we'll hit the text box. Good morning. 
Good morning. What is going on? Who do we have with us? This is Gene. Hey, Gene. How y'all doing this morning? Wonderful, wonderful, man. Hope you are, too. Yes, sir. The most wonderful time of the year. The grass don't need bowing. The basketball started. It's time to hunt deer. I love the enthusiasm, Gene. I love it. I loved watching that game last night to see Josiah Jordan James comfortable mm. because he had somebody that was a playmaker that could make his own shot on the floor instead of him being forced into it. And he just played his natural game and had a double-double. That was good to see. I think the one player that was, I was sort of concerned with about getting his stroke is Vescovy because he's not going to see touches the same way as he did with with connect on the floor. Five shots. So it's it's going to be a little different for him. But, man, if he could get on track and we've got both of them, you know, firing on all cylinders, that's going to be, it's going to be a fun year. Yeah, Gene, really will be. And, and Vescovy, he didn't come in as a really good defender, but Vescovy was one of the best defenders in the, in the league last year on the perimeter. So you always right. want to have that, and he's reliable uh, from the free throw line. Uh, he only took five shots; three of them were, were three pointers. But he said, Ben, he said that uh, he's at the point of his life. He sounded old too when he said this, Ben. He says, "I'm at the point of my life where all I care about is winning." <laughs> sounded old, Not man. Like an old man. Like <laughs> an old man. So it's all right, though. I, you know, and and connect is not going to be an elite defender. He's just not. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't have four years under Barnes to be beaten down and taught how to be a defender. But as long as he can get his shot, we got four lockdown defenders around him. But uh, I'm just well, I'm he, having a he ball. Made, he he may not be an elite defender, Gene. But but I I think he. I, I thought yesterday he, he did some really nice things defensively. Uh, he, he had really active hands. He was doing a good job of, of staying in front of his man. Uh, I, I thought he was actually sneaky good defensively yesterday. Maybe Rick Barnes would have a different opinion uh, because his standard is is so high. But uh, be, because there's been so much talk uh, about Dalton and his defense, uh, and, and I'm not saying that you're thinking this. I'm just speaking in general when it comes to fans. I, I think there's this thought that Dalton is is just blown by every single time he's on the on the defensive end and, and, and he's a complete liability where he doesn't know where to go and, and things like that and, and that, that's not at all the case he may not be Santi or Zakai or, or Josiah or, or Jemai but I, I don't at all think that, that he's a, a bad defender I, I think he's getting better and and, and I, I already thought you saw signs of improvement yesterday with how active he was on the defensive end I don't think he's a poor defender. He's got great length. I mean, he's got long arms. But I think that is where they're going to start bringing guys at him to try to get him in foul trouble because he uses those arms a lot. He reaches a lot instead of moving his feet. And so that'll get you that'll get you fouled out. For sure. Um, but uh, I'm I, I, this is my favorite kind of year. That's my favorite sport. So uh, I shine I shined a, a bench in college. On my basketball team, I kept that bench clean too. Um, <laughs> hey, I was so good they called me the Minute Man. Anytime we were up by five or down by ten, I'd say, "Coach, Coach, can I play?" Yeah, in a minute, a minute. But <laughs> that's funny, man. That's that's, that's Ben's nickname too. <laughs> oh, no, but kidding. anyway, 
on foot on the football side. I've I've heard so much on social media, and God, I got to stop reading social media. Yeah, it just this it's it's absolutely disgusting. Of all you know, all these recruits see there for the Georgia game. Gonna you know, gonna not go go to and and Fred White Sunday night. He was on um, Dave Hooker's show talking about this, and he said, "Folks, the day that I decided I was coming to Tennessee was at the Florida game when Tennessee got beat thirty-one to nothing." And he said, "What I saw." Was it's in the fourth quarter and Tennessee's down by you know thirty points and I saw a crowd still engaged, still getting loud at third down, still screaming and still you know supporting this team. He said and that's what I saw with Georgia. I saw the majority of the crowd still there, still rowdy. He said if you think that doesn't speak to recruits, you're wrong. It does. He said that was the moment he decided he was coming to Tennessee, and um, I can't. I don't remember the recruit, but I saw a a, um, a comment from one of them that they were they had the same type of attitude. Was they saw all the pomp and circumstance before the game, and they were talking about how um, said, "Well, you know, they say Colorado pulls in the in the stars." He said, "But man, you should have seen all the people I saw here at Tennessee. I mean, he met Peyton Manning and Dolly Parton, and he said, you'd be surprised how deep.'" They they pull here. Jordan Seaton said and, that. Uh, who did that, Seaton? Jordan Seaton. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's all is lost. And if you read social media right now, you think we lost our whole recruiting class and and woe is me. But um, I think it's I think things are looking up, especially on the recruiting trail. Hey Jane. Hey man. So, social media. It doesn't speak for the entire fan base, Gene. And, and thanks so much for the phone call, man. It's good to hear from you. Uh, it's a small, loud minority. Some are right. Um, but a lot of the stuff that you see on social media during the games, right to the game, man, it's all emotional. Like, it's, it's, it's emotion. And that's why I just really stay off of it for a couple, for a day or two. because It's a false reality. It really People... is, man. It really, people it really people is. think that that Twitter is is real life and 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 Twitter's not even the most popular social media platform in in terms of engagements and and people on the platform. Uh, I, I enjoy Twitter uh, because I, I enjoy following along with with all the different sports that that I like. But man, it it can be can be really toxic and, and it gives people a, a false reality. Of of what reality is, the offense was driving in the, into the first half um, against against Georgia, and we're lined up with about what eight seconds to go. Georgia looks like they are in a cover zero, about to bring the house, and. Georgia calls a timeout. You remember that sequence, Ben? Yes. Um, I'm going to it right now to give you down in distance, 100%. Um, so I think it's I think it's important to lay out this point when you bring up when you bring up social media, <laughs> like. Like for real, man. Oh, you're you're. T- I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, 
Um, goodness gracious. It was the, the, the last play before the field goal, right? So, eight seconds. Tennessee's at Georgia's 19-yard lines, first and 10. And Georgia took a timeout right before that play. They was in zero coverage, meaning they was about to bring the house and play man-to-man on the outside. Um, and if you remember the Alabama game, Joe Milton hit McCollin Castles for a touchdown, which was also versus cover zero. Georgia called a timeout. Kirby got out of that defense and played a more conservative defense, which had four defensive backs standing at the goal line. Joe Milton took the snap. We had some verticals. It wasn't there. Joe Milton threw the ball out of bounds, back of the end zone, which is what you're supposed to do in that moment. But after the game, I was uh, looking at Twitter, and I saw folks trying to criticize Joe for that move. And I'm like, Joe made some bad throws in that game. Joe made some poor decisions in that game. That wasn't one of them. That was the exact thing you want. I thought we should have kicked the field goal even before attempting that because I didn't think that it was worth trying to score when you had an offensive line that was without two tackles. Um, I didn't want to risk getting getting sacked and being out of field goal position even more. I thought Josh was being a little too aggressive. But Joe did exactly what you are supposed to do. And I'm pretty sure Hypo told him that during the timeout. If it ain't there, throw it out of bounds. It, it was people, clear as day that that was on purpose. Yeah, but we had people acting like they really knew what Joe was supposed to do in that situation and then criticizing uh, him. And I was like, man, this, this, this folks are idiots to criticize him for that play. Not idiots if you want to criticize him on some of the throws. You know, the throw to Squirrel White was very frustrating. Uh, there's other throws that Joe was criticized on. That's totally fair. And Joe should be criticized um, from, you know, the last two games because he has not played well enough. But calling a spade a spade when it is a spade is fair. But trying to call a spade a spade when it's not one just because it's convenient and you're trying to just push a little a narrative, like, I don't think it's cool. And I just think it's unfair. But Gene is right. Sometimes social media is just not the place where you're going to get your answers. Um, right quick, and then we'll take a, another time out, but we got to recruit better. And – 2021 class, guys like Aaron Willis, Taman Marley, Miles Campbell, William Parker, Walker Merrill, Trinity Bell, Isaiah Washington, Julian Nixon, Anderson Colby, Amari McNeil, John Terry, uh, Jawan Mitchell, William Mohan. Remember him? Remember the Apache? Remember that nickname? Got in trouble. And then Caden Salter. These are all the guys that was part of that class who are not here. 
And so you gotta you gotta recruit to replace. You you can't recruit guys and be afraid of the current guys you have transferring. Who cares, man? You recruit to replace. You're trying to create a culture of competition. You recruit to replace because you never know when a Brew McCoy situation might happen. You never know when a um, Javante Spragan situation might happen or or Kamal Haddon situation might happen. You don't know if a Caden Salter situation may happen or a William Muhan situation. Well, guys just get stupid and do stupid stuff, and you got to kick them off the team. But you got to have options, and you have to create competition in practice because it motivates you, it drives you, it pushes you. When someone's behind you uh, working, it makes you get better. And so that's what we got to do from a, from a coaching staff standpoint. We can't just look at uh, NIL and go, well, whatever. They'll take care of it. No, because other schools got money too. Tennessee is not the richest school in America. Everybody got money. Everybody got nice facilities. But are you willing to go the extra mile? Are you willing to create deeper relationships? So what that way, when one school's offering a number, and it's the same number that another school is offering, everyone's offering the same number, what's gonna make that kid go pick one school? Huh? Now all the money is equal. What's going to matter for that young man? What's going to matter? Is it going to be scheme? Is it going to be relationships with a position coach? Is it going to be culture inside of a, a locker room? Like, what is it going to, to matter to that young man? That's what we need to ask ourselves here. And coaches are getting paid a lot of money today. It ain't just the coach on the football field. Your job is to coach, develop, recruit, all them things. It ain't just to coach on the football field on Saturdays. It ain't just for practice. It's about developing. It's about recruiting. And if that's too much for assistant coaches, coaching in this conference, if that's too much, they don't need to be coaching in this conference. It is a grind. It is like fighting in the octagon and recruiting. This is why some coaches opt not to come to the SEC. It's why some coaches leave the SEC. It's too much for some people. It ain't for everybody. Just like being an athlete ain't for everybody. It's hard. It takes sacrifice. It takes discipline. It ain't easy. Well, same conversation can be said about some coaches. If you ain't willing to, to, to recruit at the highest level to make your job easy, like it, it's really making your job easy to recruit really good players. You're making your job harder when you recruit scrubs. Honestly. Or you're making somebody else's job harder. So, the players have a responsibility this offseason. Coaches have a responsibility every day to recruit. And not just recruit talent, but you got to recruit dudes that have it. More of those guys that have a goal of playing at the next level. Get more of those dudes. I want I want dudes who want to play at the next level, Ben. I don't want guys who go, yeah, I don't know if I want to play at the next level or not. I'm just okay with being on the team. <laughs> I'm just okay getting the free gear. No, man. No, because I need that carrot to be dangled out in front of you about 
this is what you need to do because you want to play the next level. I need you to be a leader. I need you to work hard. I need you to, to grind, watch film. I need you to do all the things that it takes to play at the next level because when you do that, it helps our team. When Cedric Tillman had a goal to play at the next level, Byron Young and Jalen Hyatt and Darnell Wright, they had their personal selfish goals, which, hey, you can have. By them achieving that, it helps the team. We need more dudes to have selfish NFL goals so they can make the team better so we can win some more damn games. All right, Ben, I'm going to shut up. I think you hit the the nail on the head. I, I, I do think Tennessee is recruiting well in, in this current class and has the potential to to finish really, really strong if if it can land a, a Kai Bates or at corner, uh, a Jordan Seaton, uh, to, to add to an offensive line class that, that I have said several times over the last several months that, that I really, really like. Uh, so I, I, I do think that they're recruiting well, and I, I think each recruiting class throughout this tenure under Josh Heupel has, has gotten – a little bit better, which which you would expect after getting further away from the NCAA stuff and finding success on the football field and so on and, and so forth. So I, I think that they are headed in the right direction. Are are they ever gonna recruit at, at a at a Georgia level? I don't know. Probably actually I do know. I, I would venture to say no. They're they're not going to recruit at a level that Georgia is, but I, I also had the belief that if if you develop and you you coach game plan and the culture is what it needs to be and, and you have the leadership that, that you spoke on, Swain, then you, you don't have to have the number one recruiting class in the country. It, it would be very, very nice, but I, I think the, the right set of circumstances can overcome number one if, if you're in the five to 10 range. I, I certainly think that that is possible. And, and Georgia's is just also on a completely different level than everybody in college football right now, except for Alabama. And I mean, how much of that team that Alabama, that Tennessee beat last year for Alabama, how much of that was part of a number one recruiting class at, at one point and, and Tennessee developed its players, had the culture in place, had the leadership in place. Coaching was terrific and they were able to overcome that number one overall recruiting class. So uh, just we, we've said it numerous times, and I think you agree, Swain, just be in that top 10-ish range and handle your business on, on a day-to-day -day basis throughout the year, and, and you can overcome that number one, number two overall recruiting class, in, in my opinion, because I, I just don't think that this staff is going to land the number one overall recruiting class in the country. I, I don't know how many – coaching staffs could come to Tennessee and, and finish with the number one overall recruiting class in the country. Am I wrong for thinking that? It needs to be the objective. I mean, yes, it's to get the best recruiting class possible and win, um, you know, match. But you need more than just your football coaching staff pulling in, in the right direction to, to land that, that number one overall recruiting class. There, there are so many factors that go into to landing that number one class. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting to land number one class. I, I, I do know, like, being just okay with being, um, I don't know. I mean, those things are so subjective, and, and they're not always right. That's why, like, I, I, I'm trying not to put a lot of weight yes, on, that's fair. On, those, on those class rankings because, like, they ain't always right. But, like, 
I think what we can say is living in the teens at 15, year in and year out, it's going to be hard to expect to, to beat a team consistently. That's not good enough. That's living in the top three. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Got to yeah. be top 10. Yeah. like like if you, At minimum. Yeah. Like you, you, you at 15 every year, the team you playing every year is at three or top three every year. Like your, your team's not talented. <laughs> as simple as that. So, um, that's, that's what I'll say, you know, about, about the expectations to, to, to recruit, but you got to recruit the right dudes and it really ain't about getting them here. It's about retaining them and developing them. Because you like Tennessee's in a position right now where you can't miss. They can't miss because uh, this is a huge offseason. Yeah, you've missed so many times, not entirely a fault of your own. Some of it you have to be accountable for. There's small offensive linemen right now that that I thought would be playing that are not. Um, but like a lot of it, not 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 your fault, right? Uh, whether it's your fault or not. The fact remains, you you can't miss. Like you can't miss moving forward. Your hit rate has to be higher than other teams that have recruited at a higher level than you over the last five, six, seven, eight, nine years. I mean, it's just a fact. And if you bring in a bunch of dudes, then because you're gonna miss on somebody, you're like miss. you you're not gonna hit on everybody. You're you're, you're gonna have multiple misses in every single class. But if you bring in enough dudes then you don't feel those misses as much when you have other dudes in the class that, that can kind of pick up that slack. But, I mean, that that is the, the number one thing for Tennessee right now. It, it's the number one thing for every program in every sport in college athletics it, is bringing in high-level, talented players, recruiting. It, 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 you always got to be crewing. Your, your ABCs always be crewing and you know, Tennessee basketball right now, they have a chance to go win a national championship. Tennessee baseball in the spring, they're going to have a chance to go win a national championship. And, and what's the, the two things that those programs have in, in common, just simply speaking, they recruit dudes and bring in dudes. The, the, the roster is full of dudes. And, and uh, Tennessee football is still building up to that point. And uh, that, that's the, the thing that this program needs to continue to improve the most on because last thing Swain you talked earlier about Hypo calling the plays Hypo had dudes last year in offense doesn't have any doesn't have enough this year and what we just think Hypo forgot to coach all of a sudden uh, on the offensive side of the football there's certainly some things that he probably needs to be better at and self-scout like I mentioned earlier but I I think the biggest issue is just personnel quite frankly Swain event feel about that in barbecue we'll be right back stay with us What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865 865- 
312-526-3838. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. SwainVent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It's Ben McKee, Jason Swain here with you. Hope you're having a wonderful morning, and um, we will not be doing a show on Thanksgiving. <laughs> so we will be back on Tuesday, and hope everyone has a great uh, Thanksgiving. Um, I want to tell you about what's going on right now with, with Hiller. Uh, their promotion, their holiday promotion is back. They're giving away cash for the holidays. 
with select purchases. So Hiller um, really wants to spread some love and joy and cheer to our, our children because uh, we want them to be happy. We want to see a smile on their face. So uh, with every purchase of a uh, tankless water heater, Hiller is going to be uh, donating $50 to Toys to Tots, uh, Toys for Tots, and then also giving away a $250 Visa gift card with each unit. You can get a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems uh, or the purchase of a new whole home generator. So uh, great financing options with low monthly payments. These deals can be found at Hiller, happyhiller.com. Um, I'm going to go to the text box and uh, read off as much as we can. Uh, Bulldog Brian says, at what point does Hype step away from play calling duties? seems to me that with uh, NIL recruiting and all the other duties that SC coach uh, has under his umbrella, that things are missing by taking time away to prepare for uh, game play calling. I think that's a pretty good question. I think it's like the right direction, Brian, but I think we missed a turn. Here's why. Hypo either needs to have guys recruiting at a higher level or he needs better recruiters. Simple as that. Because it sounds good when a head coach is involved in a, in a, in a, in a recruitment, right? Hey, the head coach took over this recruitment. It sounds great, but it's only one head coach. He can't take over all of them. And if he's taking over a bunch of them or has to take over a bunch of them, that means that your assistants are not doing what they need to be doing. Head coaches come in to close at the end. That's when you know that the assistants are doing their job. Like, this probably is a bad example because of what happened, but I don't really care because this is where we are right now in IL, so I think it's a perfect time to use it. German Pruitt didn't have to close for Brian Niedermeyer. He didn't have to close for him because Niedermeyer – built those relationships. They were strong, very, very strong. When I was being recruited, I honestly did not want to talk to Coach Former all the time. Didn't need to. I talked to him a little bit here and there at the end. But my, most of my time was spent with talking to my recruiting uh, coach, which was Woody McCorvey, who coached running backs at the time. And so um, if you're hypo, you got to be really, really good about having some great dudes around you and I'm, I don't even know whether he does or not right now. So I'm not sitting here saying that he doesn't. I think the proof will, will be in the pudding here in this recruiting class and the future ones. I'm just telling you what we need to do moving forward. But you want to have guys around you who are just as good, if not better, than you. When you look at Georgia staff, when you look at Bama staff, you look at all these great staffs, there's, there's some great coaches on that staff. Coach Foreman had great coaches on his staff that could have been head coaches other places. Like John Chavis turned down opportunities to be a head coach. Turned it down. Coach Cut was a head coach. Two occasions he left Tennessee to go be a head coach. So, like, that's what I mean. Um, I don't think you need to stop play call duties. I do think that once Halsley grows in that role, I think he'll be more involved with play calling and maybe eventually 
handle it all together. Uh, I think Golish worked himself to that position last year where they still both call plays, uh, but I think Heupel had a greater trust with Golish, rightfully so. Dude's a head coach right now, and I think Hosford will work towards that. Um, Chip, will Tennessee ever catch up with Georgia in talent? Um, that's the question. I don't, I don't know. Who's going to catch up with Georgia in talent? I do think with NIL, it has allowed other schools to be able to get players to stay in their own state. That has ha- definitely happened, 100%. Um, Jeremiah says, Pat Ron commented on the defensive shift after Georgia timeout that he didn't, it didn't look like Hypo had an answer for the six men at the goal line defense, and that's why Joe threw it away. Well, there's no answer. <laughs> yeah, Hyper probably didn't have an answer because there's no answer. You got, you don't have any timeouts. It's eight seconds to go. You're from 19 yard line. There's dudes at the goal line. There's no answer. The answer is kicking the football. Like there's no offensive play unless you get into the end zone. There's no answer. You can't risk either getting sacked or the ball pin being picked off because there's dudes sitting at the goal line. So. Yeah, there's the answer's kicking it. That's the answer. Um Chipay, I don't even watch all twenty two film, so I don't I don't know how to find that. Uh Vol fan says you can see Dalton's defensive improvement over the first four games. He is joint he's going to be just final defense. Santi may have only taken five shots yesterday, but he controlled the offense the last ten minutes of the game. Uh, he methodically picked apart the Syracuse zone, the way the entire team handled the zone uh, may have been super exciting. Not been super exciting, but it was beautiful. Oh, Vol fan, you are speaking the truth, my friend. And here's the thing about Dalton Connect, man. You were talking about defense. Dalton Connect is willing to improve on defense. That's the biggest thing. He's already improved, but he's willing to play defense, and he's willing to improve. He is balled in to playing defense. It's not his fault that he hasn't had Rick Barnes as a, as a coach and a teacher. But he is willing to. That's why he's here. Because he wants to be a complete basketball player. Uh, is there a difference between X motion and Y motion in this offense? We'll be, be able to start Dante and Brew uh, out wide with Squirrel in the slot. Uh, and Trips? You find Trips on one side? Yeah. I mean, every position is that they have a, a label to it, and I mean it's different. Um, but yeah, I mean you can you can put Dante and Brew out wide with Squirrel in the slot. That's that's what they do now. Uh, Dragonball says Jordan Seaton said we brought the stars out to the game, and y'all said Dolly wasn't good enough to recruit. I kid. I know there was plenty of guys there, including Peyton. Oh yeah. A lot of dudes were there. A lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, Nelson from Jackson says, Rusty sound like C-Mac. Dang. Uh, Tina R says, want to say happy Thanksgiving to you and being your families. Please whisper a prayer for me. My first Thanksgiving without my mom. Yeah, Tina, we, we got you. We got you, Tina. We will definitely lift you up in prayer. I know it's going to be a difficult time. Uh, for you and your family. 
places. I didn't expect to beat Georgia, but after that Mizzou game, I wanted to see us look better. Um, I I get it. I get it. I, I get it. Uh, Bulldog Braun says Neyland was was lit Saturday for sure. That's the loudest I've ever heard a stadium. Dolly struggled, but CBS interviewed her afterwards where she sang it again on TV. Oh yeah, shout out to to uh, you know, CBS. That was her last time in Knoxville, and um, I know being in Knoxville means a lot to the silent reporter uh, Jeannie Dale, and uh, she did a good job interviewing Dolly. Oh, Nathaniel says we got to start Nico. Swain, do you buy into this at all? Also, do you feel like Samson is a destined destined to transfer? That's the other big Twitter group think going on. Oh, God. Oh, Ben. <laughs> why, did, why didn't we get this text earlier? Um, that doesn't – Dylan Samson – to me, is RB one or two next year and is one of the leaders on offense to me next year. So I don't I don't see him transferring. I, like, I would be surprised if that happens. Um, as far as Nico starting, guys, why? Why now? Please. And we don't. I have time to get into a whole conversation and debate and take phone calls on the situation. Uh, definitely want to get Ben's take before we wrap up on this. Um, but what would be the purpose besides you just want to see him? Like, what would be the purpose? You want to see him? I want to see him? We all want to see him, Ben. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. We all want to see him. But, like, wh- what are you telling yourself to try to make this make sense. Like, why now? Why now? The reason why I would not start Nico. Guys, it's it's senior day. It's senior day. This is Joe's last game at home. Unless Joe gets hurt, you're not pulling Joe like that, man. Unless it's like a blowout win. It's senior day. You don't start Nico Saturday. You don't do that. Um, I do want to see Nico. I think it's important to handle the situation the right way if you're Josh Heupel. Um, the last thing you want is a situation where, remember how people were crapping on Josh Dobbs when he was when he left because they didn't think he was going to play the next level, so it didn't matter? Look at him now. You don't know what Joe's going to do at the next level. If he's going to go, if he's not going to go, if he goes, he has the tools to be successful, but you don't know. And I think it's important that uh, we handle things the right way. Joe has not played the way we needed him to to play uh, in the entire season, as well as a lot of other dudes. Um, But Joe's a senior. You don't bench him on senior day, guys. That's not the good look at all. Man. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, you can't start Nico on, on senior day. I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. 
I, I understand people wanting to see Nico. I, I'm ready to see Nico at, at this point as well. I, I thought Joe played very poorly on Saturday. Uh, but I also recognize that the receivers didn't do a good job of of helping their quarterback either. And uh, Joe, Joe wasn't super accurate with the football, but uh, when the football was in the vicinity to be caught, the, the receivers did not do a good job of, of making plays uh, for their quarterback. And yet you look on the other side and, uh, Carson Beck is is doing what Joe Milton could not throwing absolute darts and, and putting the football where it needs to be, uh, but also his his receivers were, were helping him out, making great plays, making great catches. Dylan Bell, that catch on the sideline on that third and twelve for the twenty one yard gain, going towards the south end zone in, in the second quarter, man, that 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 was a heck of a catch. But uh, Beck also put it right on the money f- for him to to make that spectacular catch a- as well. So just just not a ton of of joy, quite frankly. It's not fun to watch this passing game right now for for many many reasons. So I, I understand people wanting to see Nico. I, I also want to see Nico. Joe just kind of is what he is uh, at at this point. Uh, I I I would say that he does not have the tools to go play at the next level. <laughs> I think the I, I I think that we we've seen that he lacks a, a lot of tools um, th- this season. Although I do also recognize that the the personnel around him ha- hasn't been great consistently either, uh, and, and maybe that's made a huge difference. But not not to get into the the huge Joe conversation. But uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with the people who want to see Nico. It's just not not the time to do it on on Senior Day. Maybe in a bowl game. Maybe that's a different conversation, and and we can have that conversation at some point. Yeah, you, you make changes at the quarterback position because you feel like one guy's going to give you a better chance to win. Guys, we're playing Vanderbilt. We're playing Vanderbilt. You're going to win. Yes, and if if Joe and the offense handles its business the way that it should, Nico should be able to play. Yeah, 100%. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll see how long Josh Heupel lets him play. Uh, because they they like to get the walk-ons in, and I don't I don't blame them for that. But I, I think at this point, Nico's going to be a quarterback next year, and every rep that he can get, no matter who it's against, is is very very valuable. Before we get out of here, Swain, do want to pass along a note from Jennifer Morris, who wants to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, especially to the Swain event family. Safe travels to everyone hitting the roads, and reach out if you need any real estate assistance over the holidays she is there to help and happy to help so uh, jennifer wishes everybody a happy thanksgiving and i do as well appreciate everybody who listens and, and everybody who supports and allows us to do what we do on a daily basis you are appreciated more than you know love it love it guys if you're looking for a solution um for mental health, mind, body, wellness. They are the mental health care that works for you. They are accessible, they are affordable and available. Mind, body, wellness offers effective mental health treatment in an outpatient setting, making it easy for you to take care of your mental well-being. Mindbodyknoxville.com is the website. They offer a specialized approach to care services encompass a wide range of evidence-based interventions, ensuring that each client 
receive the comprehensive treatment that they deserve. That's Mind Body Wellness. Go to the website, mindbodyknoxville.com. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Happy Thanksgiving to the McKee family. We will be back on Tuesday talking about a couple of big orange wins, hopefully. Today, Tennessee got a chance to play a top five team in Purdue against uh, one of the best players we've seen in college basketball, one most dominant players we've seen in college basketball over the last two or three years, Zach Eady. It's going to be about the guard play today to make sure you put pressure on those guards to not be able to deliver him the ball when he is comfortable. They Uh, play number two Purdue tonight, and then win or lose, they'll play number one Kansas or number four Marquette tomorrow afternoon. So (laughs) you're you're facing two top four basketball teams in in back-to-back days coming up. Love it. And next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, they'll be at number 14 North Carolina. That's three straight Really, really fun basketball games for Tennessee. Love it. Love it. Tuesday, we'll be back. Travel safe. Enjoy your time. Be thankful for the many blessings that you have. And uh, we will be back next Tuesday. Peace and love. We are out. Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue.